back once again to the HR So Far After Hour Podcast. This is the Disrupt HR Special Edition. John and Wendy talk to Jennifer McClure. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you tonight, John? I'm very well. We launched just a couple minutes ago, and I was telling our guest, really excited to have her. And we, we had a tremendous opportunity uh, last week. Obviously, this will not come out in real time, but <laughs> when it does, uh, I was able to attend Disrupt HR here in Richmond uh, mm-hmm. with John Cates, previous guest of the show. Uh, we were there to be the cheering section for Ann Tompkinson, also previous guest of the show, who brought along Michelle Kohlhoff, who, according to when this show comes out, she may be a previous guest or a soon-to-be guest of the show. So tremendous opportunity to celebrate Disrupt, but also to yes. really put the social hour out there uh, in the market. And, and Wendy, I, I know you were able to attend an event that same night. I was. I was at uh, Disrupt Sioux Falls, which they it was their second year, and it was another fantastic event. Headed down to Omaha on Wednesday for their first event. Very excited to see what, what those folks have got put together. Um, and then I can dive deep into my own event when we have uh, Disrupt Brookings here this summer in July. So if you're listening to this before July, buy some tickets. Come on out and see us. We're, we have a great time. Well, maybe we're going to become the unofficial podcast of the events. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess without any further ado, I'll let you make the introduction and we'll get started. Uh, very excited to have uh, Jennifer McClure with us tonight. Um, she is an entrepreneur, international note keynote speaker, leadership success coach, and former HR executive who works with business leaders to build careers that they love and lives that matter. She's the CEO of Unbridled Talent. She is recognized as an influencer and expert on the future of work, innovative people strategies, and strategic leadership. She's also the CEO and chief excitement officer of Disrupt HR LLC, an information exchange designed to energize, inform, and empower HR leaders, business professionals, and community leaders who are interested in disruptive ideas and moving the collective thinking forward when it comes to talent in the workplace. Disrupt HR is now a global community held in over 120 cities and over 27 countries with thousands and thousands of awesome talks out there. I love um, doing a quick search to find what I need. I use it all the time. So Jennifer, welcome to the HR Social Hour podcast. And our first question is always, what's in your glass? Oh, um, well, thank you for having me here. And uh, before I say what's in my glass, I'm going, I think, to recommend that everyone change their title to Chief Excitement Officer because whenever whenever someone (laughs) says that, you can hear the smile in in the voice. So nobody gets excited about me being the CEO of Unbridled Talent, but uh, Chief Excitement Officer always gets a smile. What is in my glass? Uh, Crystal Light Peach Tea. So that is my... um, anti-diet coke strategy I, drink, <laughs> I try to drink no more than three diet cokes a day and so anytime beyond that it's the crystal light peach tea all right <laughs> no water though that water no is water. boring <laughs> we can't you can't be boring with the chief excitement officer that's no, right never that's right i wish i could call myself that but i don't know what my boss would think i don't he's a vp very popular i, I don't know <laughs> This is about being disruptive. Don't ask permission. Exactly. (laughs) Jennifer, I'm curious. We've had a chance to meet, you know, for a few minutes in the past and obviously stayed in touch via social and what have you, but curious a little bit about with your background. No, you're not practicing what we most would consider traditional HR these days, but can you talk a little bit about how you first got into the HR industry? 
Sure, I will always consider myself an HR professional, even though some people try not to claim me anymore because it's, the title's not on my business card. You can't take the HR out of the girl. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I share this in some of the talks that I give. You know, I'd say I was a millennial before millennials were cool. And way back in the 80s, when I was in my 20s uh, and graduating from college, I wanted to find what I felt was the quickest path to the most influence. I don't know that I framed it that way then. I, that's why I say it was a millennial. I just wanted to be in charge. Um, <laughs> that, that was kind of the nut, net net of everything. Is how can I be in charge pretty quick? And I guess I can't be the president or the CEO. So I felt like human resources was a place that I would have the opportunity to interact with everybody in the organization rather than confining myself, you know, so to speak to accounting or marketing or, you know, wherever. And, and I look back on that decision and I think that was very wise in a lot of ways, if I can speak about myself and kind of third person there, <laughs> because that is, is the great place. It is the only place really in the organization where uh, you have the opportunity, regardless of level, to have impact on everybody in the organization through whether that's you could be the benefits clerk or the payroll clerk uh, or the VP of HR. All of those things you're doing, things uh, related to the people, which I believe are certainly the most important uh, and most competitive advantage that organizations have. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great place to be in my mind. So started out there in a small peanut butter manufacturing organization in Albany, Georgia. And they had not had an HR person before. And so I really got the chance to kind of start up the department, moved to Cincinnati about eight years later, did HR in an automotive component parts manufacturing company, Japanese owned company. So that was a lot of fun. And then moved into a uh, kind of turnaround situation that was a company that was over 100 years old, about to go bankrupt because it was being mismanaged. And the owners brought in a new CEO to bring in an executive team to turn it around, make it great again so that it could be sold to the right people. So that was kind of the, the span of my HR career there. And in all of those opportunities, had the opportunity, again, to start something, to build something, to to make some change that impacted a lot of people positively, and, and I never regret any of that. And I think it's positioned me for what I do today, and I love it. Well, we love that you're out there doing that, doing what you're doing now. I especially love the Disrupt HR movement, as uh, saw, uh, I think, Mary Faulkner posting about it first, and she got me super excited about it. I'm getting John excited about it, too, making him go in, out in Virginia. But where did the idea come from? And where do you where do you see where you hope that it goes? Is, is it bigger than you expected at this point in time? Oh, yeah, by far. <laughs> I mean, we, we expected it to be one event in Cincinnati. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it started, you know, I think, again, taking out of my story, people can have some good takeaways here. And one good takeaway is to have friends and people that are smarter than you that you surround yourself with. So so that's the first big takeaway. Uh, I tend to be a person who, you know, I, I'm like a lot of people. I wish for things. I think about things. I have ideas about things, but I'm always not always the best implementer of my own ideas. And so uh, in 2013, I have a friend named Chris Ostich, who at the time he was a startup entrepreneur in the Cincinnati area and had founded a company called Black Book HR. They had just won some tech awards from the HR Technology Conference. They had Fortune 100 clients. He was figuring out as he went, and we were just 
met a couple of times a year just to catch up. You know, he caught my attention at one of the uh, HR association meetings where he was there really trying. He's not an HR practitioner, so he was there just trying to connect with people and understand what the needs were and, you know, offered to help. And so he liked to get together with me to kind of pick my brain, and I like to get together with him, like I said, maybe once or twice a year to, to just – he's the kind of person which has said everybody should have one of these people. You, you can't talk to him where he doesn't whip out a notepad and start – trying to figure out how you can make a million dollars from it so <laughs> i need people like that in my life yes. everything i say to chris he's like we can we can do that you know so we were having lunch at a restaurant here in cincinnati and he'd already whipped out his notebook and was writing down every you know completely magical thing i was saying which was just not the stream of consciousness and he said you know well, what do you want to do next and i said well you know i i travel around i love what i do i get to speak at a lot of conferences and events and you know many of them are hr and recruiting conferences and they definitely serve a need but i feel like there's an opportunity to do something different and my hope is that someday I can hold an event here in Cincinnati, a conference that is just something different. And that was as far as I'd gotten in my thinking. You know, just again, I'm just an idea person that probably sure. would never happen. And so he was like, that sounds great. We should do this. And maybe, you know, my company could sponsor it so that more people because, you know, again, they had Fortune 10 actually clients, but not a lot of people in Cincinnati even knew they were here. And he said, maybe that would be a way that we could get more people to, to know about my company. Company. So I was like, cool, great, thanks for lunch. Uh, <laughs> see you, bye. <laughs> and about, you know, I don't remember how long after that. I think we had lunch in the summer, and shortly after that, he reached out and he said, you know, I got an idea. I'm the community organizer for Ignite events here in Cincinnati, which are the five-minute talks with 20 slides that advance every 50 sec- 15 seconds. Uh, you know, tend to be kind of the cool people in town, get together and talk about cool things. So why don't we use that format? Have them be talks about the world of work and people and talent and call it disrupt. And I was like, you go, Chris. Um, <laughs> you have you have my stamp of approval and you have a team. Make it happen. So yeah. the first Disrupt HR was held in December 2013. And, and I mentioned to him, I said, well, we can't have a disrupt. We can't have an HR event in Cincinnati without involving Steve Brown, who is right. is Mr. HR. So. Steve and I got to tag along as co-organizers, quote, uh, who didn't really do a whole lot to help out. (laughs) Chris and his team did the whole thing. We put on the first event December 2013, had about 200 people show up in a uh, historic brewery with, you know, cornhole and picnic tables and (laughs) microbrew and um, what we didn't take into account was it was a historical brewery with concrete floors and brick walls and high ceilings. So <laughs> if you watch some of the videos from there, like my video, uh, the awesomeness video is I'm, I'm literally yelling because <laughs> you could not hear. Uh, but the video crew did a great job. It doesn't sound like you're yelling, but I still am yelling. <laughs> and Mary Faulkner, my friend Mary Faulkner, who you mentioned, I had met Mary, done, done some work with the company that she had worked with. And she was speaking in Indiana the day of our first event and I said well that or the next day and I said well you're 90 miles away which is practically next door so you have to come to Disrupt HR Cincinnati so so she drove over sat in the audience and after it was over said you know do you think we could do something like this in Denver and Chris and his team said sure we'll help you get it set up and so Mary took it to Denver and then I think the videos were put online and I don't remember exactly who was next, but Jeff Waldman in Toronto reached out and and wanted to take it to Toronto. And then someone reached out from Vancouver and then New York City. And 
after a while, we had actually, again, Chris and his team were doing, you know, a lot of the legwork there. And mm-hmm. in July of 2015, he moved on from the HR technology company and founded another company not in the HR technology space and sent out an email and said, hey, I'm, you know, leaving Blackbook HR, which is now called Talmetrics in good hands and mm-hmm. moving to a company called Listener. And so I replied to that and I said, what's going to happen with Disrupt HR? And he said, why don't we partner up and make it a thing? You know, I'm, I'm actually not able to keep up with all of the people that are reaching out to us. And I think we had 15 cities at the time. Wow. So, so we formed a partnership, built out the website and about six months later said, wow, we're spending money out of our own pockets to make this work. So let's charge a small license fee. And yeah. Uh, from there, I counted them up today. We have 125 licensed cities in nice. 29 countries, and people ask me all the time if we're rolling in dough. We are not. Uh, <laughs> it is not a nonprofit, but it's a not profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we charge $500 for an annual licensing fee. We dump that back into the website. We have a VA that works five hours a week to do the blog posts and <laughs> the videos and, and things like that. Really, it's every day that it grows is a day that I didn't expect it to. And one of the first questions I get asked is, what's the strategic plan? And I think that was the second part of your question. Where's it going? <laughs> we, Chris and I are not the, that kind of people. <laughs> We're the let's make it work kind of people. Sure. Um, so we don't really have a strategic plan. I, I think there's opportunities for it to grow in a lot of different ways, but I've been really thrilled with some of the good things that have come out of it so far and the people that it's connected me with and how other people like you guys have connected to each other and I love the idea. We have over 1,800 videos out there now. And to me, that's of the 1,800, let's say there's over 1,000 that are people who probably never would be invited to speak on a conference stage or maybe would never want to speak on a conference stage, but they're willing to give a fun format a try, get Mm -hmm. their idea out there. I love seeing tweets and and messages online where people say, you know, I I went to my first Disrupt HR and I think I'm going to give a talk next time, you know, and I'm really nervous. And those are my favorite. And and I don't sometimes people will mention, well, you know, I I looked through 10 or 12 videos and most of them weren't good. Of course, good is relative. But I always answer with that's not the point to me of the 1800 videos, probably 20 percent of them are great. Um, you know, maybe another 10% are very good. And then the rest of them are something less than that. And that's <laughs> okay. I am much more excited about people giving the speaking a shot, the fun and the community that have come out of a lot of the events. Uh, I've seen where people have connected to, you know, their next job or their next employer or even started companies. Um, and I just, I really like that aspect of it. You know, some of our cities do a really, really great job. And if, like Disrupt HR Chicago has built a whole community. They formed a nonprofit. They have a board. They do other events beyond Disrupt HR. Disrupt HR Salt oh, wow. Lake City is doing something similar. You know, so some of our cities have been able to really spin this into their own uh, opportunities in their community. And then some of our cities hold one event per year and 50 people come and they have a great time. And that's fine, too. That's awesome. Jennifer, I will say, just for the record, Wendy did not have to tell me to go. The last time it was sold out the way I tried to get there. Right. So thankfully this time I got tickets plenty of time, but early, but 
one of the things that got, I got very excited about Beyond Disrupt was you recently launched, launched your own podcast, Impact Makers, and I'm a huge fan. I've already found connection there with your last episode with uh, Sarah Morgan. It turned out that we had concurrent paths here in Richmond at the same time, and I almost went to work for the same company she worked for. I knew one of her mentors. is just amazing stuff. I guess talk to us a little bit about what led you to develop the podcast and maybe some of the plans you have for it. Sure. I think you're going to, you're, you're already hearing a theme on this podcast. I had an idea to start a podcast two or three years ago. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I started listening to podcasts, I think 2013 or so. And, and for me, it's like blogs in the five or six years ago, I was subscribed to probably 200 plus blogs that I would spend two or three hours a night instead of watching TV. I was reading blogs and I was sharing them online and met a lot of my now best friends through that kind of blogging community and you know we all have seen kind of how blogging has changed it's still out there but you know the commenting is not so much a thing anymore and it's sometimes more content than it is uh, conversation or sharing of personal experiences and and so for me podcasts kind of became that whether it was and I listened to a whole wide variety I listened to maybe a couple of HR podcasts I listened to a couple on speaking which is what I do but what I've found more and more, and you know, every month or so I drop off one and add a couple more. I probably listen to 20 plus podcasts on the regular now. And most of the ones I'm listening to these days are just interesting conversations with people who are interesting. You know, and that might be like a James Altucher podcast or Tim Ferriss. I hate listening to Tim Ferriss because you have to get through 20 minutes of ads. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. I always say I hate listen to it, but every now and then he comes out with a good one. Um, so you have to, to give him a few minutes to see if that works. Uh, another one I like is is Rich Roll, which he's like a, a vegan ultra marathoner. You know, I just I'm it's opened up my eyes to a way to expose myself to other people and ideas and things that are going on because I don't read a whole lot of books. I want to. I make it a goal every year, but I just when I'm in my car and I have a 45 minute drive to the barn to see my horses every day. So that's an hour and a half in the car. I no longer listen to satellite radio. I listen hundred percent to podcasts. When I get up from my desk in my office to go make my lunch, I listen to podcasts for that, you know, 10 minutes when I'm getting ready at night to go to bed, I listen to podcasts while I'm brushing my teeth. So I'm feeling my need to learn through podcasts. And so like most things I've kind of done, you know, once I find something interesting, like blogging, I started reading blogs and I said, I want to start my own. It took a while, but March 2008, I started my own blog. I don't blog a lot because for me, it's like birthing a baby. I way overthink them. If you see a blog post from me, it's a good 20 hours of work. Even if it's even if it's 500 words, because I have (laughs) rewritten that first sentence a thousand times. (laughs) I do it all wrong. You know, I I think I write well, but I I just it's never come easy to me. Um, So I thought that starting a podcast because talking comes easy, easier to me would be, quote, easy. And I'm eight episodes in and I've done quite a few other uh, interviews that are, are coming soon and have done a couple of solo podcasts where I'm sharing more than having a guest. It is not easy. <laughs> I, I'm here to tell you this work that Wendy and John do. I mean, 
I can talk to you just like now. We've only got 30 minutes. I think we're almost out of time, and I just got started. <laughs> but it's it's a whole other ballgame when you're sitting in front of a microphone and you think I need to talk for 30 minutes and say something that's relative, relevant and impactful and has some takeaways. I can do that on a stage, but it's been – it's just – I don't know. I'm just going to have to learn <laughs> how to get better at it. But thankfully, ultimately, it's like most things. Again, another takeaway. I engaged a team. You know, my mastermind group was tired of hearing me say, I'm going to start a podcast. And and every week I didn't have a podcast. And so finally, one of my mastermind group members, Kevin Monroe, recommended the team that he uses to put on his higher purpose podcast. I reached out to them. They said, it's going to cost you some money. And I said, you know, if I don't get somebody else to make me do this, it's never going to happen. And so now, thanks to them, because they chase me every week, (laughs) it's happening. And I just think, again, it's like a lot of things that I do. I I, right now, I'm participating in something that I've found value and I want to add value. What I've seen from it thus far is it's been amazing. Podcasting has probably been the thing that I've done that I have had more touching moments from, I mean, I think when you do anything, whether it's writing online or even being on social media, just kind of being out there, certainly speaking on a stage, there's almost always, you know, a person or two that will either come up after your talk or reach out to you or send you a LinkedIn message and say, thank you. And and when your message impacted me and, you know, I've been brought to tears many times from some of those, but with the podcast, it's that times 10. I've brought to tears practically every episode with something somebody sends me, even if it's just a good interview with somebody. People are finding, and that's my goal. I want to talk to interesting people, not specifically about recruiting or HR, many of them, because those are the people I know or certainly in mm-hmm. those fields. But just the takeaways that people are getting or the shared experiences or even the the episodes I've done, like the last one I did where I kind of shared my journey to starting my own business, I'm shocked and amazed at the different types of people that are telling me that they're listening or that they're getting something from it. It's really helping me to see that this is a way that I can broaden my reach. You know, I'm a speaker, I speak at conferences, I write online, I'm on social media, and I've been able to reach, you know, X number of people through that. Through podcasting, I'm reaching people who have never found me otherwise, and I'm super excited about that. I want to talk a little bit about the um, episode you did where you talked about your journey, because you you talked about networking and how it helped you. And so obviously that spoke to both John and I quite a bit about, because that's a lot of what we're focused on here is helping people to network. Talk a little bit about the influence networking has had on your career and what works for you now when it comes to networking. Yeah, it's like most things that are good for you that you don't want to do, exercise, (laughs) right, or whatever. You can hear people all day long say, you, you know, every time I go to my doctor now, I'm of the age where they go, you know, we need to eat a little less and exercise a little more. <laughs> uh, and and you know, intellectually, those things are good for you, but, you know, you, you want the cupcake and you want to stay right. on the couch and that kind of stuff. For me, networking is kind of like that. It's something that is inherently good for me, but it doesn't come natural. You know, in my journey, I mentioned I engaged a career coach, a kind of a mm-hmm. inflection point in my career who... I was paying him to make me go out and network, and through that process, I became fascinated with the people that I was meeting and what I was learning, both about them and myself, and uh, the flywheel started 
going and and things started happening because I was connecting with others. And I think I'm naturally wired to be helpful to other people. So the more people I what I realized, the more people that I got to know, the more people I could connect to each other and to help each other and uh, people who helped me, certainly. And, you know, it also helped me in the, the business that I went into as an executive recruiter and then in business for myself, you know, knowing people for a variety of reasons, people who might be potential clients are certainly one thing, but also people that I can refer people to, you know, people reach out to me all the time about speaking at an event and either I'm not the right speaker for their event or I am out of their price range. I want to be able to say, well, if I'm not a good fit, I know three or four other people that I can give you their names and recommend to you. Mm -hmm. Same with coaching. If I think coaching is a very personal relationship, if, if, if I have a conversation with someone who may want to hire me as their executive coach, if it doesn't seem like I'm a fit, I want to know people that I can say, I'm not a good fit for you that, here's some people that I think would be better. So it's allowed me to, to be much more of that kind of trusted advisor because I have resources. Um, so for me, networking is just, I wouldn't be a in business for myself today. If I had not done that uh, networking process, I wouldn't be in business today and be making a living and eating indoors and or eating and living indoors, <laughs> eating indoors. <laughs> yeah, indoors. If I didn't have people who, or constantly referring business to me and helping make me successful or even being just somebody that is, can give me uh, constructive or critical feedback that I trust. So to think that as an introverted person who, you know, is often very okay with going things alone, I know that I would not be able to, to be in business for myself uh, as a self-employed person without a network today. Mm -hmm. And that, never came naturally to me, but I've certainly seen the benefits. And I think the second half of your question was how, how I kind of go about it today. Certainly it's easier now that I do have, you know, more of a, a presence out there and a platform because, you know, if you, if you feel like nobody knows you or if you're the one in, in need, it's hard to approach people sometimes, you know, again, through my coach, I learned I was in a job search at that time. You don't reach out to people and say, Hey, I want to buy you a cup of coffee and talk to you about getting me a job. Cause that's a lose-lose conversation. Right. The person doesn't want to meet with you because they know they don't have a job for you. And so they'll find a reason to get out of that. But what I did was to say, and it was true, because uh, I sort of wasn't looking for a job. I thought I wanted to start my own business. I'd love to meet with you, learn about your career journey, and just get to know you. And so people are, were more willing to say yes to that. Uh, but still, it felt like I needed something. And so there's a little bit of shame and embarrassment there. So now it's a little bit easier because a lot of times it's more people reaching out to me. And so I have to remember that, you know, I was in their shoes at one point. And so to try to be generous with my time and to share, I was just before we got on this call going through I'm way behind on responding to emails. And please don't ever send me a Facebook message because I'll never see that. <laughs> um, and LinkedIn messages are just, I just had a work anniversary. And if you've ever had a work anniversary on LinkedIn, you know what that happens to your inbox. Oh, so, yeah, it might be a while before I get back to you there. But I do try to eventually like. You know, going through my email inbox, I'm two months behind getting back on people. And a couple of the ones that, you know, I'm answering this evening are people who are asking me for resources or uh, books they should read or mm -hmm. other influencers to follow. And, and I, I want to provide that information. It's just now sometimes not as speedy as I would like it to be. And so I'd love to 
get better at that. I listened to a podcast, surprising, shocker, uh, <laughs> interview with a guy named Bob Goff. If you're familiar with Bob Goff, he's an author of a book called Love Does, and he's just kind of an eccentric, rich guy who uh, everybody loves. And, and part of his what he's known for is that he puts I think he, in Love Does, he put his cell phone number in the book and he will take yeah. anyone's call. And so the person that was interviewing saying, how do you do that? You did, you know, a workshop yesterday for two hours and you answered your phone 20 times during the workshop. And he said, and he said, I want to be available and I want to help people. And that's what he believes he's put here on this earth to do. And I think in some ways I feel that way, too. And he had some good suggestions for how you can manage that. I just need to find better ways to manage my desire to help people with that same desire to eat and live indoors, <laughs> which requires <laughs> an income, uh, <laughs> an income producing activities. <laughs> well, Jennifer, now it is time for the half hour question connection. Ooh. And this is everybody's favorite part of our show. Or we're right. telling them it's, we're just telling them it's their favorite part. We don't know for sure. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. So do you remember how you first connected with us? It was probably both on Twitter. <laughs> when Wendy, you showed up, I know, kind of like being all excited about Disrupt HR. I think yeah. John and I may have connected maybe at Sherm or online about Sherm Annual or something like that earlier. I think Did we, I get that right? Do I get points? Well, I think so. <laughs> we, we think, we always ask because we tell people that we've talked to so many people, we forget. We think it's Twitter for most everybody. I think that's what a yeah. common answer has become. Maybe we need to tweak that one, but uh, yeah. I know I know this will be different. H how do you enjoy Jennifer giving back to the HR community? Ooh, that's a good question. I try to give back through through again helping other people, whether that's connecting people, referring people. I try to encourage people who maybe, for example, don't see themselves as a person who could give a disrupt HR talk, or a person who doesn't think they can write an article for something, you know, I'll, I like to recommend people for those things or poke them a little bit. And then when they say they can't do it to, to really draw out of them that they can. So I think part of what I do to try to get back is to encourage people to share themselves and help others to grow. Cool. So what is your favorite movie? Jerry Maguire. The most cool movie <laughs> of all time. <laughs> I love that. I don't usually watch movies more than once unless Keanu Reeves is in it. So that's a whole other story. Um, but for Jerry Maguire, if I flip the channels, which I don't tend to do that often anymore since I just record things and only watch what I record. But uh, if Jerry Maguire is on, I will watch it. Nice. How about your favorite, your favorite musician or band? Oh, another tough one. Remember, I'm listening to podcasts all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Foo Fighters. Go Foo Fighters. Oh. Yeah. I don't think we've heard that one yet. Oh, good. My job is to be different here. Yes. <laughs> well, and so our next one will be difficult, too, because you said you, you've always, you've listened or listened to podcasts and read blogs. But a favorite TV show? Uh, Game of Thrones. You know, oh. that put, that's, puts me in the category with everybody else. But, uh, hey, if it's good, you... You don't knock it. Um, and of course, I record. Good TV, good TV. I record all of the Datelines, the 48 hours, the 2020s, because oh. you know every week it's a surprise. Was it the the husband, the boyfriend, the affair? <laughs> the you know I never know which one of those three is going to be the killer. <laughs> Jennifer, we have we have a, a new part of the show where 
I try to make a connection to the movie band or TV show that you mentioned because my circles are very large and weird in terms of who I know. The the closest I can get with is Jerry Maguire, a friend of a friend met Tom Cruise. Wow. I don't know if that counts, but I don't know. That's pretty family. family. That, yeah, we're, that, we're practically that, family at this point. Yeah. Stretching, but my buddy, my buddies actually had a Tom Cruise podcast, and they had their friend on, and he, yeah. It anyway, that's as close as I get this time. I'm kind of disappointed, but I'm curious if you're not watching Jerry Maguire, listening to the Foo Fighters, watching Game of Thrones, or listening to the myriad of podcasts like I do too. What else do you like to do outside of work? Well, it's pretty easy if you look at any of my bios. I am uh, horse obsessed. Any any waking hours that are not uh, devoted to work, which is a lot of waking hours, I am at the barn with my horses or wishing I was at the barn with my horses. I have three. Sarabi, who is 20, will be 21 in May, and she's retired now. She got a little injury that kind of cut her career short. But thankfully, she had a baby named Nala, who's almost two. So she's she's the future. And then I have uh, my my current main girl is Roxy. And she and I are going through kind of a, a challenge to help me be the rider that I always thought I could be because she's already the horse that I need. <laughs> wow. Oh. So finally, if you weren't in HR, what do you think you'd be doing professionally? I think I read somewhere that this is like the most common answer that people give. So again, I'm going to be basic here, but something working with animals. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, maybe more so than the next person. I am an animal lover beyond, I just, I'm happiest when I'm with animals, certainly horses, but any animals. uh, I've always said I would love to eventually raise guide dogs someday, having never met really a guide dog, but (laughs) just love the idea of raising wonderful dogs and teaching them to help other people. And I just think that animals are the gift that uh, God gave us that we don't deserve. And I would love to, if if I could again, get make a living at it, maybe I will someday do something with animals. Very fun. Jennifer, you and Nicole Roberts have both said that on this show, yep. which I think is great. And Nicole is my new BFF. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think right she's right here in Cincinnati. Right in so. She is. She is. Yes. She, she told us that she had the dream job practicing HR yep. in the veterinary in the hospital, you know, in the animal hospitals that she works with. Yep. So, yeah. Wow. But, uh, but I want to congratulate you, Jennifer. While we don't stick to the half hour. We just call ourselves that to yeah. differentiate. But you survived the question connection. You survived our conversation and hopefully no, no worse for wear, but <laughs> so again, I can't thank you enough for, for taking part tonight. Yes. I just, you have so many exciting things going on and really excited to, to have you come and share. And maybe some of those people that you're waiting for email responses from you, maybe they'll pick this up and, and get a little yeah. bit of information in the meantime, but <laughs> this is your chance now to share, you know, promote what you like. How would you like people to find you out there? Well, you can find me and all things Jennifer McClure at jennifermcclure.net. All my social links are on there as well. But I, I do try to pop into Twitter a few times a day at Jennifer McClure. Um, Facebook, if we're already friends, great. If we're not and we don't know each other, then follow my uh, page on Facebook at Unbridled <laughs> Talent. And I'm loving Instagram these days. So Jennifer underscore McClure on Instagram. I'm really playing around with that, trying to do more stories, do the day in the life stuff and 
seeing if that's a way to kind of connect with, again, a new group of people as well as the same group that I already know. And the podcast, Impact Makers with Jennifer McClure. Would love for you to subscribe and listen. We will put all of that in the show notes for sure. And then, Wendy, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? The best way for me is always Twitter. I connect quickly and with everybody there. I am Wendell93, W-I-N-D-A-L-L-9-3, or on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, daily, D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And always uh, the fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter for at least an hour chatting on the HR Social Hour chat. How about you, John? You can always find me on Twitter, John, J-O-N, underscore Thurmond, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D. I'm also happy to connect on LinkedIn. I'd ask if you do find me there, though, send me an invite. Let me know who I like to connect. I actually had some people from the Disrupt event here in Richmond send me notes, and it just makes it so much easier for me to make those connections and start that conversation. If you have a comment or a question about the show or the monthly chat, you can send us an email at hrsocialhourpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook if you search HR Social Hour. You'll find the show at hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. We're also on iTunes, Podbean, Podchaser, HR Podcasters, and Google Play. As I ask each and every week, and I'll ask until the show is over, way down the road, rate and review, help us with our visibility. If you just give us five stars and a nice note, you can't believe how much traffic it can help generate. We continue to see our numbers growing. We appreciate that. All of you are to thank. And again, it's an easy, low-cost, no-cost effort, and and we appreciate it. So, Jennifer, thanks again for being with us tonight and for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.